You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey there, YouTube listeners. Hey there, Earth Station One listeners. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. That's right, folks. Happy New Year. 2023 is here. We've made it another year, folks, so mark it off your calendars. We didn't self-destruct over the last year. Pat yourselves on the back. Definitely deserve that. Congratulations to making it into 2023, and we have a great one for you tonight for the first show of the new year. We're doing a Rants and Raves episode, and we are going to be talking about our top 10 movies for 2022 and our top 10 TV shows. And TV shows could be network shows. It could be streaming shows. It could be, you know, all the way across the board. It even could be a miniseries or something that you watched on YouTube and you really liked. So you have all these different options, and we are going to have a lot of fun with this tonight. And, of course... I'm your host, Mike Faber. Let's introduce the crew for tonight. Mr. Mike Gordon, of course, is here with his top 10. Howdy. Happy and, New uh, Year, my friend. Happy New Year, man. It uh, it really got off to a cold start here in the uh, in the South, right? Like Atlanta and, and actually a lot of places got a blast of cold air like this week. So um, I didn't I, I forget that it can get that cold down here. But, I thought uh, I thought I was in the room with Wednesday Adams or something like that. It was, so cold. <laughs> it was chilly. Yep, it was so chilly. So, yeah, uh, that was. Uh, but you know, if you if you have your feet up with a uh, nice movie or, or a nice series, sure, then uh, all is good. Oh, exactly, and it's going to be a lot of fun talking about this because I'm sure we might have some crossovers and some you know similarities because. We're geeks, you know, a lot of us like a lot of the same things, but I'm going to be curious to hear what you do have or don't have, or maybe give me some suggestions on things I should be watching and or anything. So it should be tons of fun. And we also have Ashley Pauls is stepping by. Hi, Ashley. Hello. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year to you. Welcome to 2023. So- I know it sounds like such a strange futuristic year to sing 2023. Like, how did we... <laughs> get here that where did the time all go well it's better than saying ought 23 or something like that i've heard people say (laughs) so i've heard some of those whippersnapper kids say that and so we definitely are very happy to have you stopping by again tonight and you know you've been on the show quite regularly lately i think everyone you're becoming the new youtube sensation for us oh gosh well (laughs) so it's pretty awesome and it's always great to have you by oh thank you it's always a pleasure it's because she's got her cat like that show. It's she's it makes us a cat video. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, it's like people don't want to see me. They people are on YouTube for the cats. So hopefully Daisy will make a cameo appearance this evening. Oh, it'd be great <laughs> if she did. Definitely would be great. And thank you, you know, everybody at home for joining us tonight. We do appreciate you guys more than ever. Uh, please, feedback is always welcome. You know, you could leave feedback for us wherever you know you're listening to us or watching us on YouTube thumbs up and also you know if you get a chance please hit the subscribe button that's right below this we would really appreciate it 
And, you know, feedback is always welcome. Feedback at earthstation1.com. If you want to write us or, you know, or if wherever you listen to us, feedback is always great. Thank you guys for everything. Our numbers on YouTube are going up and we have, you know, great things planned for it. And hopefully over the next couple of months, you know, more people will be telling their friends and neighbors. We're coming, trying to figure out the different algorithms and everything. So as we grow with YouTube, you know, we're still not forgetting about our audio folks too. So we're still going to do special things for you guys. And we also have, you know, some announcements coming up soon about some kind of, you know, appearances that we're going to be doing in 2023. So, you know, sooner than later, you might actually say. So it should be a ton of fun to do. And you know what? Let's get started, of course. Want to say thank you to our patrons. Want to say thank you to everyone who's been supporting us through Tifosi Optical. Um, Tifosi Optical, we've done great in December with Tifosi. We got a lot of, you know, people buying sunglasses for the holidays. So thank you, thank you, thank you. If you get a chance, go to TifosiOptics.com and put in the coupon code EarthStation1. It's all you have to do, folks, and you get 10% off your whole order, even sale items, your whole order at TifosiOptics.com. Tell them EarthStation1 sent you. All right, Mr. Mike, ready for our rants and raves. We haven't done one of these in quite some time. You know, we haven't done rants and raves in some time, as you pointed out, but we really have never done a rants and raves of the year. Uh, this is a first for us. Now, the next episode that you guys watch and hear will be our putting 2022 in the geek seat. And those are very specific questions. Um, they will. So we're not really going to get into our top 10 list of TV shows or movies or whatnot on that show. That's going to be very specific uh, to uh, like a lot of geek questions like you hear when we do interview someone for the geek seat. So this is a rant and rave where we are going but to talk. But it's us daily. doing it. It's us doing it. Folks. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. It's all right. It's, that's true. It is us. Um, and so this this segment is going to be rants and raves. Uh, we're going to this. We're going to focus on the raves. We might get a couple of rants in too. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we've never really talked about our, our top 10 list and man, the lines are blurring between television series and movies and, mm -hmm. and everything. It, I, this was a hard list for me to compile separately because a lot of things air on streaming. A lot of things air, like went to the movies. Some things didn't go to the movies. Uh, some, you know, documentaries went two or three episodes. So you're just like, is that a movie? Is it a, it's not really like, it's, it's all like up for grabs. So whatever we have as our choices are just sort of placeholders. Like, don't like hold us to that standard. Like, oh, well, that's not a series or, oh, that's not a, you know. Well, it's, um, like, it's like I said, it could be a mini series. It could be, you know, absolutely. even a streaming show or something. So, you know, you could even have had, Earth Station One as your favorite streaming TV series because we're up on YouTube <laughs> and you can watch it on your TV now. So, hint, hint, nah. nudge, nudge, wink, wink. <laughs> um, and uh, also, you know, I saw a lot of variety of movies. Uh, I think for me personally, and we'll get to everybody else, but uh, for me personally, I saw uh, over 60 movies this past year. Wow. Uh, and that's just movies. That's not including like TV series. Well, I tried to make a 
really an, a concerted effort, especially in the last month or so, to get caught up on movies that were released in 2022. And fortunately, with streaming services now, you don't have to wait that long. So almost everything that came out, like in the first half of the year, for sure, but even up to a, like a like Black Adam, which was just a couple months ago, is already available on streaming. So, um, and even some things that are still in theaters are are streamable um, if you want to pay. So. Um, so I was able to watch a lot of things that came out this year. And, um, for me, you know, there's animated movies, there's, uh, documentaries and also just, you know, fiction. And it was difficult to like combine all of those. Cause I kind of consider them different kinds of movies, um, all into one list, but you know, I, I may do. So Ashley, what about you overall? How was this year of releases of movies and TV series for you? Yeah, I feel the same way a lot that you did with the blurring of the lines. And in working on my blog post, wrap up my top 10 of the year, I actually combined movies and TV series because my favorite overall story of the year happened to be a TV series, which is weird feeling for me because normally I'm the movie gal. Movie is my favorite storytelling medium, but I felt like there was just a lot of really strong television um, type storytelling this year. So yeah, it was a little bit challenging for this segment. I had to go and then break apart the list and then fill it in separately. So yeah, but really I think in some ways that's a good thing because there's so much different ways to tell stories, so many different ways to access it. And more geek storytelling is always a good thing. And I'm also pretty excited looking at my list. There's a lot of things on this list that weren't on my radar at the start of the year, or even things that I didn't think I would enjoy or was interested in. So I thought that was kind of cool how it worked out. These lists are very different than I would have thought at the beginning of the year, but I'm, I'm pretty excited by all the stories I got to experience. That's a good way to put it, actually, because one thing we wanted to do say that this has to be the show or movie has to have been released at, you know, in, 20, in 2020. 2022. Yeah. So it can't have been like released in 2021 or such, you know, because, right. you know, I know a lot of people discovered Encantro and stuff mm-hmm. on, on mm-hmm. Disney in 2022 when it started streaming. But it was technically it was released in 2021. That's, you know, so, you know, that shot it off my list right there. Yeah. So. And the same thing with me with, uh, you know, when I was looking at TV series like uh, or streaming series, whatever you want to call it, like uh, like Hawkeye. Right. Like, yeah, that really started last year and just right. bled into this year. And so, um, you know, it was like, eh, I didn't really consider that a release of this year. Um uh, I'm curious, though, just uh, a quick look at your movies, the movies that you have on your top 10. How many of those did you see in the theater? Because uh, I'm looking at my 10 uh, and I saw one, two, three, four. I saw four of them in the theater. Everything else I streamed. So and that, ma- that's a big difference. You're making me that. count now. Hold on. That's, uh, that's a big seven. difference from years past. Oh, seven yeah. out of the 10. But which still That's feels awesome. low, low for me. Like so many <laughs> that just streaming were on, were on this list. Six of mine awesome. I saw in the theater. Wow. Okay. So you guys uh, saw a lot more in the theater. Either you saw a lot more in the theater or you saw just a lot more that you liked. <laughs> 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 you did streaming. Oh, yeah. So, uh, 
All right. So without further ado, let's get to it. Ashley, um, just go over your list from 10 to one, um, if they're in that order, um, and just let us know what's on your list and we'll sort of compare and contrast. Are we yeah. Doing, so are we doing movies first? We're doing movies. Let's okay. do movies. Let's start with, uh, the movies first. Okay. All right. Well, number 10, I put Downton Abbey, a new era. I don't know that this really? is necessarily one of the, best movies i saw this year but it was one i've been a fan of downton abbey for so long and just coming back to that show getting to see it in the theater getting to see an emotional farewell to maggie smith's character uh, it was an experience i really enjoyed and then uh, number nine i had elvis just what a great movie and capturing who he was, I felt like I learned some things I didn't know about Elvis, and I was expecting it to be a more stylized movie, but then, like, going online and reading about some of the history was just heartbreaking, um, some of the things he went through. So just a great film, but also a great way to learn more about Elvis and hopefully introduce a new generation to his music because it's mm -hmm. still great music all these years later. Oh, yeah. It's interesting, too, because considering who the director was on this, you, yes. know, you expected, you know, something out of this world, very artsy and everything. But he played it pretty close to the belt, and it was pretty amazing. Yeah, wow. Very See, moving I, film. I thought it was extremely stylized. I thought it was extremely, like, uh, sort of like a mythic. Uh, version of Elvis because I happen I mean I'm an Elvis fan so I happen to know a lot of the, like some of the uh, events of his life and everything and a lot of it was either you know um, dismissed entirely or some of the things that actually happened took place in different times in his life and everything like that and um, and the movie just had this sort of really mythic flow to me that it was like it was surreal it was like a storybook version of Elvis rather than like a authentic like this is how it happened this is the way it was the kind of this, look but that's it, how i felt it wasn't a documentary so there you go yeah <laughs> no exactly right exactly right it, wasn't, right, yeah, so it we, wasn't ken burns elvis you know? <laughs> <laughs> that would be a totally different experience <laughs> wow that would wow that's uh let's uh get ken burns on that right right and then um, number eight, I was so sad this didn't ever come to my local theater, but watching it on Netflix was a delight. Glass Onion. Um, I love what – I don't know that I liked it quite as much as Knives Out just because Knives Out was the first. It was such a surprise, and you can't beat a twist where Chris Evans, Captain America himself, turns out to be the villain. <laughs> but um, I just love Daniel Craig as – the detective, I was going to try to pronounce it, but I'm scared. So I'm going to make somebody <laughs> else do that later, be the first one. But um, yeah, just a great. No, we, tortured, we tortured it big time last week. That's enough. So, you know? Yeah. So you all know who it is. Daniel Craig's detective, but just so much fun and a great cast of um, A-list actors playing those roles. So really enjoyed that. Um, the next one, a uh, horror movie makes my top 10, which might be a first. It was a Jordan Peele's Nope. He is just such a fantastic, mind-bending storyteller, and um, I probably wouldn't have ever, like, touched the horror genre with the 10-foot pole if not for him. So I just think he, he does really intriguing things with the way he tells stories. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he does next. That actually surprised me. I actually watched it about two weeks ago, and... I was riveted with this film. It's it was, fascinating. It is. And it took a twist I wasn't expecting. And I'm not going to ruin mm -hmm. it for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. 
yeah so i had originally thought the trailers gave away too much but like there's still surprises and so nope. yeah, if you haven't seen nope. it yet no. Yes. <laughs> say, say yep. No. Go exactly. watch it. Yeah, I saw it. Uh, I saw it about a week ago as well, and uh, on streaming. I think Peacock has it. Um, but uh, yeah, it was. Um, I'm not big into horror movies either. Um, but it's. I think Peel's movies sort of transcend. They're not your typical yes. like gore fests, right? It's they're, they're not about that. They're about setting a mood, setting a tone. And just, you know, making it. It's not, and, and, it's not and a Rob Zombie movie. Off. It's not a Rob Zombie no. movie at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think one of those will make your top 10. Oh, God. Yeah, no. It did not. Spoiler alert. <laughs> no. That will not be showing up on my top 10. So. <laughs> all right. Next up. Um, this one, not necessarily an Oscar winner, but I thought it was delightful. The Lost City with uh, Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum. Oh, just- awesome hilarious um Channing Tatum plays a not so smart but um heart of gold cover model and um Sandra Bullock is a romance novelist they get lost in the jungle it feels like an old-fashioned fun just action romantic comedy and so it's a good one to watch on a dreary winter night and um next on the list uh, Mrs. Harris goes to Paris kind of another cozy movie it's about an older woman who puts her life savings together and goes to Paris to buy a Christian Dior dress. So if you love period dramas, it's just very charming. Another very cozy movie. Mm -hmm. And it never came to my local theater later. So I finally did get a chance to watch it and I loved it. And then um, Wakanda forever was my favorite Marvel movie of the year. Uh, Just a very emotional, mature thought-provoking film and I really like how they honored uh, Chadwick Boseman but also passed the torch onto the new Black Panther it was all done very respectfully very well I love the introduction of Namor and want to see more of him just a great film overall it was long but it felt um, just very important to the MCU and I think one of the best ones that's come out of phase four sure that's good and then um, another streaming movie, um, Enola Holmes 2, I thought was just so much fun. I love seeing uh, Millie Bobby Brown and Henry Cavill together in these movies. And even though I'm sad that Henry Cavill is not going to be playing Superman selfishly, <laughs> one of my first thoughts was like, oh, perhaps he now has time in his schedule for Enola oh Holmes God. 3. They can fast track that. <laughs> so if you're listening, Henry Cavill, please Move that up to the top of your schedule. The thing is, I think she's a little busy right now with something strange. You know, it's a yeah, thing. So the, yeah. It's a thing, you know. Yeah, I know. It's another Netflix property, too. But just, just throwing that out there, if they have some time in their schedule, I would like to see more Enola Holmes. Yeah, I think, then, uh, I think it did well enough that I think we will see more. Yes. And then number two is The Batman. I really liked um, Robert Pattinson's take on the character. I think he might be my favorite person as Batman. Not necessarily Bruce Wayne, but my favorite person in the bat suit. And I really liked how the noir feel, that they made this a detective story, crime solving, and just a really great film with some beautiful shots. I mean, I will never forget the first time I saw the trailer and you see the vehicle penguin upside down and Batman is walking towards him through the flames. He looks like he's hanging upside down. Just the imagery of the fire and the bat is like 
that is just one of the coolest things I've ever seen in a superhero film. So I could just watch that scene on repeat, but great Batman, great superhero film. I know there's a lot of shakeups going on at DC, but I hope that um, they find a place for this little corner of the Batman universe to keep going. Cool. And I think, I think the plan is to continue with those, at least do three of them. Yes. I think that would be good. Just its own little standalone trilogy. I definitely want to see more. And then my wow. number one, and number one, number one, all the way to the top. I of the am the most surprised by this one. I did not expect this to be here, but I enjoyed the heck out of Top Gun Maverick. It was really, yes. wow! I cannot believe this is my number one movie of the year, but I just really enjoyed seeing it. I went to see it two times in IMAX and just the spectacle of seeing the planes, the practical, with the special effects. I also really like films that deal with legacy. One of my favorite Star Wars movies is The Force Awakens. I know it didn't necessarily work for everybody. That's totally cool. But I like the idea of having older legacy characters with younger characters and kind of grappling with what's gone on in the past, moving forward to the future. And I thought they brought that in. Um, I did not really love the first Top Gun movie. I it was It was what it was. But I thought that they um, did some interesting things with this one. And also, personally, it came in the midst of a difficult time for me. I just found out that my 19-year-old cat had been diagnosed with cancer. So um, I needed to go to the movies. I needed to escape for a bit and something that was just kind of like a good old-fashioned action blockbuster. And that delivered for me. So, yeah, I... Many of these movies I didn't expect to be on my list, but I had a great time watching film this year. So can't wait to see what surprises blow me away next year. I think Top Gun Maverick was the biggest surprise for everybody this year. I mean, even the people who thought it might do well, I don't think expected it to do as well as it did. I mean, it is the number one movie by far of the year in terms of box office. Um, and it's probably going to show up on a lot of people's list as well. It's going to be one of those ones that since it was released in the summer, early summer, and since, you know, it's got, it's more of a blockbuster than, a, you know, a, a movie that you normally associate with awards and Oscars and whatnot. I yeah. don't know how well it'll do that way, but, um, and I must admit, I have not yet seen it. Um, it's one of those things that I was like, man, by the time I, how can I make a list without seeing the biggest movie of the year? I still need to see it. I will see it before, uh, the year's end, the year's end before I finally release, uh, my, my top lists, like on social media and everything like that. So it's possible it could still squeak in, uh, to my top 10 list, but, um, I've heard nothing but good things about it. There was definitely a lot of word of mouth about that one. And I'm actually, I haven't watched it since it came out like on home streaming because I'm almost kind of afraid because I saw it two times in IMAX. And then it's like, how will that be? Because I feel like the visual storytelling with the planes is so much a part of the film. So I'll be curious to hear how, what the experience is on a small screen. Yeah, I'm only hoping that the small screen doesn't diminish it in the way that we talked about when we reviewed Avatar. Yeah. Like, that would diminish seeing Avatar, you know, if you didn't see it in 3D 3D. and big screen and all that kind of stuff. So, all right. Well, interesting list and definitely some ones that I did not see. So, uh, I'm definitely going to add a few of those to my list. But uh, it's amazing 
I love how different we all are. So, Mike, uh, let's see how different you are from me as well. <laughs> what, what is your top Ooh. 10 released in 2022? Okay, number, starting at number 10, I'm going to go with Death on the Nile. We mm, reviewed. That almost uh, made my list. I loved the movie. It wasn't as good as the original Peter Ustinov version, but I love Kenneth Brolin doing you know, Kirko Perot. He is just awesome. And I love the original source material. So basically for me, I thought it was, it was a good fit. They changed the story around a little bit, but it still was the same concept and it was enjoyable. And so, you know, that it made my list for that reason alone. And it was a good popcorn movie and a good mystery. And I'll have another mystery on my list a little bit. So you'll hear that a little further. Mm. Mm. That's a mystery too. Yes. <laughs> Coming in at number nine is my only Marvel movie I had. And that is Black Panther Wakanda Forever. It was epic. It was just amazing to watch. I loved the characterizations. I loved seeing, you know, a true tribute to Chadwick in the first 10 minutes. If you don't have a tear in your eye, and are a little choked up somewhere. You don't have a soul, basically. And it was it was a lot of fun to see. And I liked that they brought Namor finally into the MCU. And there's a lot they can do with him. So I'm going to be very curious to see where they go with it. And this laid the foundation for a lot of different things. And I think, you know, you're also laying the foundation for a super big bad for the next phase of the MCU, and it is not going to be Kang. So I think it's going to be very interesting. And you saw her in this movie quite a bit. Mm. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see what they do with it. Number eight is the Batman. The Batman was my, it, it is my favorite Batman movie. I even like it more than the Michael Keaton movie. All right, you could start throwing stones at me if you want, but, <laughs> but I enjoyed it. It was the perfect noir character. It felt like in times I was watching the comic book come alive and there was a lot of Batman and I've been reading Batman since I was wee high. So, you know, it's been, you know, and I've seen all the different iterations and I loved it. I thought they captured it really, really well. There were things I didn't like about it. I wasn't totally thrilled with the Catwoman, but I liked Robert Pattinson as Batman, and I loved the Penguin. He was awesome in it. I'm looking forward to the Penguin series they're going to be doing on HBO. And, you know, so I want to explore this universe more and bring it on, basically. And, you know... The Riddler was interesting. It was a great take on it. And, you know, it wasn't, you know, you know, the Riddler I love is from the TV shows in her, mm. you know, you know, Portia and, you know, Austin. So it's pretty, pretty cool to see. But I like this version, too. It's just a completely psychotic Hannibal Lecter take on it, pretty much. So it was pretty cool with that. Uh, going on to number seven, my other mystery, Glass Onion which we talked mm -hmm. about last week. I didn't enjoy it as much as I enjoyed Knives Out, but I enjoyed the characters. I enjoyed the story. And, you know, 
Norton, I just want to slap half the time I ever see him on the screen anyway. <laughs> so he plays such a snarky bastard in this movie and he's a perfect, he's a great foil in it. And, you know, if you want to hear our full review, listen to the last, our last episode, because we do a full review of it. So, you know, definitely Glass Onion is definitely made the list. Um, a lot of people didn't agree with me on this one, but number six, Bullet Train. I loved Bullet Train. It was my feel-good movie of the year. It was a fun adventure. Go to the movie theater, eat popcorn, and laugh your ass off at some of the most ridiculous stuff. And the characterizations were awesome. And I like Brad Pitt. I, I admit it. I like Brad Pitt. And I think he's a good... Good, you know, he's a good comic slash adventure you love character. Him. <laughs> well, if he came up to me and said, Mike, I like you, and it's like, okay, Brad, all right. <laughs> you know? Just like melting a little bit. Exactly. Or should I call you Lady Bud? Right. So so yeah. Um Ross Onion, it's a ton of fun. It's a ton of it's just a fun film. And that also leaves into number five. Everything, everywhere, all at once. My big surprise this year. It was, I was not expecting to love this movie as much. You know, we always were saying, you know, alternate universes and stuff. Oh, that's Doctor Strange. Well, <laughs> you know, everything, everywhere, all at once. What? Hold on. Here's, hold my beer, you know, basically. <laughs> and, you know, it was awesome. Michelle Yeoh is just amazing. So, you know, if she does not get nominated for, an Academy Award for this film, you know, I'll be shocked, you know, and this, this is, this movie should be, you know, all the way across the board with award winners and such. So I definitely think if you have a chance, it's streaming now. So if you get a chance, watch it and don't take any breaks, watch it all the way through mm. and you are going to have so much fun with this movie. It is just an awesome, awesome film. Uh, number four for me, Clerks 3, Kevin Smith. Um, it is Kevin Smith's masterpiece. Um, you know, you are used to Kevin, Jay and Silent Bob, you know, hissing jokes, you know, all the way across the board. And if you don't have, if you have a dry eye when this movie ends, you, again, do not have a soul, a second movie that way. Kevin is awesome for writing dialogue. And this movie is almost semi-autobiographical about what he went through with his heart attack, but he ties it into Randall instead. And it is a great, great movie. And if the, he ends now, the Clerks franchise, because I know he's going to Mallrats. The Viewskewiverse? No, there's going to be more. He already has plans for more Viewskewiverse. Come on, Jay and Silent Bob will be old in wheelchairs and you know <laughs> and, and he'll still be making those movies so yeah it's pretty much it was awesome clerks you know if you haven't had a chance to see clerks 3 it's streaming it's out on dvd blu-ray it's not out on 4k yet which i was kind of surprised but it's it's definitely worth checking out um number three weird that's right folks mm -hmm. weird al yankovic's biography movie Air quotes. We did a review of that a few weeks back. Hey, can, it's what, more realistic or it's more actual like 
based on more reality than the Elvis movie is. (laughs) We'll get to that, Mike. We'll get to that. But yes, um, Weird was awesome. Daniel Radcliffe was awesome as Weird Al Yankovic. And it was just a ton of fun. And come on, you know, Rain Wilson as Dr. Demento. And, you know, Evelyn Rachel Wood as, you know, Madonna. Come on. You can't, you know, that is just amazing casting perfect casting yeah it was it was just awesome and if you haven't had a chance it's up on the roku channel so definitely check that out uh number two movie i just saw this last weekend so that's why my list changed it is the fablemans the Mm. fablemans i want to see that it is amazing and stay all the way to the end folks because literally there's a great cameo at the very end and you know the movie again it's not a post credit scene. No, it's it just isn't at the just end of the, that's the end of it. Spielberg doesn't do post credit scenes. <laughs> no, he doesn't. And you know what? It is awesome to be able to see this movie, and I lo- it's one of my favorite Steven Spielberg movies I've seen in years. And I think again another award nomination movie, and it is it is just beautiful. It is it is a great great story and it touches home in a lot of different ways to a lot of different people. So it's pretty cool with that. Um, number one, that's right, folks. Number one, Elvis. That's right. Wow. My number one movie of the year was Elvis. I loved Elvis. I enjoyed the movie. Um, like Mike, I know tons about Elvis. I've even, you know, I've been to Graceland. I've, read mm-hmm. you know and i've seen all the different biography movies i've read a couple of the books and they graced over, over a lot like mike said but it was entertaining and i loved that it wasn't tom hanks as trying to be a good turn the colonel into a good good old boy type thing no he was a total dick he was an asshole and i'm glad they captured that he was and, a troll oh yes he was <laughs> <laughs> So it was it was interesting. And you know what, folks? Elvis was a lot of fun if you didn't get a chance to see it. And I didn't even realize until recently that it was the actual kid who played Elvis who was doing the singing and, and a lot of it. Through the first half, yes. Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. you know, later on, they, of course, did Elvis. And then I loved the last, this last scene where he did Unchained Melody. Mm-hmm. And they switched it out for a sec. And they actually had the real footage from elvis's last concert and mm-hmm. it, it yeah, was blended fairly well it was done very very well so definitely that's my top left 10 list for movies this year yeah that's an incredible list uh elvis did not make my top 10 um it was close but as i was watching movies you know things got bumped down like avatar kept getting bumped lower and lower mm-hmm. and Elvis kept getting bumped lower and lower. And some of the other movies you guys mentioned. Avatar was uh, never even ever going to be on that list. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I will admit there was a point when I was first making the list that Avatar was there. And I was like, damn it, I need to see more movies. Because I was like, I can't let Avatar be on my top 10. Um, I just can't. So, uh, so yes, I saw some, some more movies and it got bumped down lower and lower. And, uh, you know. I think all of these movies are more solid. I will say that, you know, this year as a whole, I think there were a lot of decent three and a half and four star movies. Mm-hmm. Um, not that many four star and five star for me. So I would agree. Uh, 
I do think that um, overall it was a, I don't want to say it was a weak year because compared to last year and the year before, I think this year felt like the first year we were finally getting everything back. Like it seemed Mm -hmm. like movies were coming out. Some movies, we, some weekends we had two movies in a row. Like there were just, it was nothing. There was no time in my, my life this year where there was nothing to watch. (laughs) <laughs> nothing out that I wanted to see. So, all right. So without further ado, my top 10, uh, number 10 spot goes to the sea beast. It is an animated movie that's on Netflix. It is the best animated movie that I've seen this year. Um, it is uh, an outstanding movie. It's not by Pixar. It's not by Disney. Um, I, you recognize some of the people who made it, but, uh, it's just an original story. Well, I think it might be based on a children's book, but it's a, it's got pirates and it's got like, it's just, it's really good. It's really good. If you guys haven't seen it, you guys need to check it out. It is, and Netflix has a lot of good net, um, animated movies that came out this year. Um, they came out with, um, oh, there was Wendell and Wild. There was, uh, My Father's Dragon. There was, of course, Pinocchio by Guillermo del Toro. Lots of great animated stuff coming out through Netflix this year, but Sea Beast wins it for me. Uh, the next spot goes to Glass Onion for all the reasons you guys have said. Um, it's a solid entry. Um, yeah. Is it better than, I don't care. It's good. It's mm-hmm. really good. Um, and I definitely recommend everybody watch that one as well. Cool. Next up is Weird, the Aliankovic story. This movie was the, the most fun I had watching something. It was the, the, the movie that made me laugh the most. I thought it was generally funny. Um, sometimes I can only take Weird Al in small doses, but this was full on Weird Al and it was a great satire. It was a satire to movies and especially biopics, music biopics, as, as, as well as he does satires to pop songs. Um, and I thought it was beautiful. It worked on every level. All well, right. So at number eight, I'm sorry, number six, I kind of cheated here. Uh oh. Um, I'm just going to say this slot is for all three Marvel movies that came out <laughs> because I did not want to see like Marvel movies scattered throughout my 10. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, they're so different. The movies that came out this year, I liked some things about all of them and I they didn't like some things about, they were all consistently good, you know? So whether it was Dr. Strange uh, uh, and uh, whether it was Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, or even Thor Love and Thunder. There was things that I liked about the, the MCU is still strong in my opinion. Right, Very was, strong. I remember you weren't too high on Thor when it came out. I was, I didn't like the humor aspect, but I love the Jane Foster story. I love it mm-hmm. so much. And I thought they really did a good job with that. True. Um, okay. So that's, that's at that spot MCU as a whole. Uh, and uh, then next up is the Batman. Um, this movie is everything I've wanted in a Batman movie. As you guys have said, it's outstanding. Um, they're the the shots in this are. I have never seen Batman depicted in this way, and it's so perfect. That opening shot, his entrance when he comes out of the shadows in the subway, is just like. And leading up to that, everybody looking at every dark corner. Every dark spot in Gotham, waiting for him to burst out mm-hmm. because that's how that's how he operates. And that's so true. I just thought that at, that environment set the tone for what was a great movie. I didn't care for uh, um, Riddler that much, but the rest of it I give top notch to. Cool. Uh, number five is 
Prey. Mm, I haven't um, seen that one yet either. It is uh it is the is a it is a next movie in the Predator series, but it's so much more than that. It's I think it even is better than and exceeds the uh, the original Predator movie. It's so well done and the action sequences are different and unique. Um the 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 way it goes about telling the story and the characters involved I just, I was, com- I was compelled in this movie, like no other action movie this year, um, except for maybe one. Oh, uh, oh, so, oh. I, so, uh, definitely, um, you know, just because it was really streaming, it wasn't on the big, I wish I, this is the one movie that I saw streaming that I wish I'd seen on the big screen. Um, there were some others, but this one, I really thought they should have released that on the big screen because it would, I would have loved to ha- experience it that way. Um, next up is Goodnight Oppie, which is a documentary on the uh, Mars probes, the first couple Mars mm. probes, Opportunity and uh, Perseverance. And uh, it's just a amazing feel-good story of these of these robots and what humans can do when they put their minds to it. Um, and it's an incredibly inspirational story of all these people working together at NASA to get these these robots, these drones, these these robots on 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 the on Mars and how they were only supposed to last like 3 months tops and they ended up going for years and years and years collecting all sorts of data which we're still going through. Um if if you if you're ever in a mood where you're like Humanity sucks. We suck <laughs> as a race. We're just we're just going to destroy ourselves. If you watch Goodnight Oppie, you're like, damn, we. I now know what the doctor sees in us. Like we're kind of cool. Like mm, like we're that's like, awesome. we can that's we can awesome. do cool stuff when we want to. Um, so I definitely recommend that movie. It's on Amazon. Uh, you can watch it. It's a doc. It's just it's amazing. Uh, next up is Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Uh, as Mike said, this is a surprise out of nowhere. Um, I also agree that Michelle Yeoh will be nominated, um, and she'll probably lose to Kate uh, Blanchett for Tar. But uh, I, I, I saw Tar, and Tar is Kate is amazing in that. Kate will get an award for that, deservedly so. But Michelle Yeoh is amazing in in this movie. This movie is bonkers. But those those of us who like you know love multiverse stories or you know time travel or it's just so inventive um and so amazing um and it's one of the best things I've seen Jamie Lee Curtis in ever uh it's just a great story, but at the core of it it's this tale between um a young a young girl and her mother. Um, at an age when she, you know, when the young girl like needs her mother and yet is conflicted by her mother. Um, the same sort of themes are, are introduced in uh, Turning Red as well. Um, so it was a weird thing for that, but, um, but this movie is bonkers visually. I've still not processed everything that happens in this movie. It's, it's one that you definitely can watch over and over and over again. Um, my second movie of my 10 is The Fablemans. Hey, good good point for it. Good point for it. Uh, Paul Dano is much better as Spielberg's dad. Oh, sorry. 
the Fableman's dad. <laughs> Oops. Then, then he is Oops. as the Riddler. It's hard for me to believe it's the same guy, but um, uh, the Fableman's is, it's not a perfect movie, but as Mike said, it's one of uh, my favorite Steven Spielberg movies. Now it's probably his most personal movie that he's made. Um, and there were points in here where I think they were the most powerful scenes that he's ever directed in any of his movies. Um, and there was also a sequence that really rang true to me personally. So, um, and as Mike said, it's got one of the best cameos. It's got the best cameo of the year at the end. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it's definitely the, um, so that's, 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 uh, 10 through two. My number one movie is not a traditional fictional movie, but it's an experience. You go to the movie theater and you can get immersed in this world that is unlike any other. And my top movie is Moon Age Daydream. Uh, if you had told me that it would be possible to go to the movie theater and in two hours or so enter the world of David Bowie and really get inside what he was about and the kind of worlds he created and his music. Oh, his music. His music over beautiful. the years and how it evolved. Um, I wouldn't think it was possible. I just wouldn't think like, you can't make a movie about David Bowie. That's just too complicated. That's too like, but this movie does it. And it does it in such a way that most of almost everything in the movie, all the dialogue or whatever is from David Bowie himself. They're based on interviews that he did mm -hmm. over the years. And it's all cut together as if he's telling his story um, to us. And it's just, it's an amazing document and an amazing tribute to, I think, one of the most amazing artists of our time. And cool. so uh, that's no easy feat. So that and that and to see that in the theater, I don't regret that at all. And uh, now we're going to go up in our points because so we just uh, got a cat. Exciting. Yep. Thank you. Thank you, Daisy, for that cameo. <laughs> that's the best celebrity cameo of the year. <laughs> yeah, there, there, yeah, there you go. Uh, so. So that's my top 10, a lot of different uh, uh, things on that one. So um, now we also want to do our top TV series, but in this one, this one, we're going to have to just do lightning round. So we won't have a lot of time to really go dive into what uh, makes our shows. And maybe we can do that on a, on a, on a patron only or something like that at some point and delve into it. But um, just to get it out there. Ashley, what were your top 10 series, um, whether right. it's uh, network or streaming? Um, Around the World in 80 Days. Love seeing nice. David Tennant in a completely different role. Great update of the story while still in a period drama setting. Loved it. Um, All Creatures Great and Small Season 2. Uh, this is one of the coziest TV series I've ever seen. It just makes me feel happy after I watch it. Um Next, Obi-Wan Kenobi. This series was not perfect, but it um, did have one of my favorite, um, all-time favorite Star Wars characters, Darth Vader. So, of course, I have to give it points for that. <laughs> Love seeing Ewan McGregor again. Um, this could have been a movie, but I put it as a TV special, Werewolf by Night. Just fantastic. Beautiful black and white. Loved everything about it. Want more. Um, Moon Knight, great to see Oscar Isaac um, join the MCU, loved the character, loved the Egyptian mythology worked in, and want to see more of that. Um, my favorite period drama, Guilty Pleasure, Bridgerton Season 2, um, 
it's just yeah it, it there's not much historically accurate about it but it's just a lot of fun if you love period dramas um miss marvel love this story of um a girl a family story a coming of age story just fantastic um wednesday here it is at number three didn't even plan to watch it but it's so good <laughs> Jenna Ortega's a revelation. Thank your dad. Just remember, yeah, thank yeah. your dad. Thank you, dad. Yeah, like here it is, number three, one of my favorites of the year. So good. Um, House of the Dragon. I just got completely absorbed in the story. I love seeing the characters, the political intrigue of Game of Thrones. Got excited every Sunday night to go downstairs and watch this and hear the theme song again. Um Love it. Can't wait to see more of the story. Don't spoil me, please, because I don't know what happens. So, (laughs) (laughs) and then somewhat humbling as one of the world's biggest Star Wars fans to admit my favorite show of the year is actually Star Trek Strange New Worlds was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Love Captain Pike, loved all the crew. Just what a fun, great Star Trek series. So um, it made Star Trek fun again, basically. I just really enjoyed it, and um, it felt like some of the perfect – the original series and characters are my favorite Trek characters, so it was just kind of nice to feel something that brought that back. So loved it and can't wait to see more. Awesome. Awesome. Perfect. All good picks, um, and some of them definitely made my list as well, and probably Mike's. Let's see, Let's hear it. All right. Number 10, Ring of Power was just awesome. Um I'm a huge Tolkien fan. And it was it was a toss-up between that and House of Dragons. And like number eleven was House of Dragons for me. So so number ten, Ring of Power. I like, you know, seeing a pre-Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, you know, Middle Earth. It was just really cool to see. Number nine, season two of the Righteous Gemstones. Awesome show on HBO Max. If you ever get a chance, it pokes so much fun at the televangelist and the the families behind that definitely worth checking out number eight stranger things season four was a ton of fun i think it brought season three i thought they'd lost their way a little bit and season four i think it they found their groove again and it kept me on the edge of my pants basically the whole time not the edge of my seat, but the edge of my pants. So it's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number seven, Interview with a Vampire season one was amazing. Amazing. And I see us doing an episode on that in our future. That's how much I liked it. And for anyone who's an Anne Rice fan, this is a great, great adaptation at it. So it's pretty cool. Um, number six, Only Murders in the Building season two amazing show on hulu and you know steve martin martin short and selena gomez are magic just all together they are just great and i felt like they lost their way a little bit in the middle of the season but they knocked it out of the ballpark at the end with who who was the mystery and everything and i'm already looking forward to season three because they hinted at it at the end of season two so that was pretty cool Number five, Wednesday. Wednesday, we talked all about it, what, a couple episodes ago. And you know what? That was just amazing. You know, can't say enough about Jenna Ortega is her name, I think. Mm -hmm. She was fabulous. She, you know, she, she, she was just great. 
And I am looking forward to seeing what they do with season two and looking forward to that. Number four is a show I'm watching on Apple plus it's called for all mankind. It's an alternate history of, you know, what if the Russians basically made it to the moon before, Mm. before America and then where it goes from there and how the space race continues all the way up almost to present up into like the early two thousands. And they're only on, like I said, they're only on season three and it is just an amazing, amazing show. And if you're not watching this, you're missing out folks. This is such a good show. It was almost my number one show. That's how good it was, but there's so much better even Mm -hmm. than this. Mm -hmm. So that's how much. Uh, Number three, Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul ended perfectly. I I liked how that last season of Better Call Saul much better than Breaking Bad. It was just awesome. And Saul Goodman, Jimmy McGill got his, you know, the ending he deserved. And I thought it was perfect. Um, And it was awesome also to see Carol Burnett in the series again, too. So Absolutely. That was just awesome. Um, Strange New Worlds is my number two. Sorry, Ashley. Couldn't get to number one. (laughs) Close. (laughs) Oh, because number one, I would be crucified if I didn't do number one for Sandman. Sandman Mm. was just awesome. You know, loved every instance of Sandman. And, you know, it it was the Sandman I've been hoping for for the, almost the last 30 years. And it was, it was great to see since I read issue number one, this was, this came to life and I just had a blast with it. And, you know, thank you, Neil, for doing it right. And thank you, Netflix also for doing it right. So that's my list. All right. All right. All right. So without further ado, I will say on the outset, um, like at 11 in the 11 spot, hovering, trying to get in, Rings of Power, uh, House of Dragons, and everything that the MCU on Disney Plus, uh, everything that the MCU aired on Disney Plus. They're all just kind of waiting to burst into my 10, but they, I just found these. I was, I was the same shows. way with that. I was totally the same way with that. Yeah. They're just, these 10 were just more compelling to me by, by sometimes just a little bit, but still. All right. Um, so number 10 for me, Doom Patrol. I love this series. Um, it's one of my favorite, uh, DC hero series. It's airing. It's crazy pants and it continues to be crazy pants. I think this is probably going to be its last season now that's airing. And I, I just love these characters. I love Michelle Gomez and she's great in this. She was introduced in the last season. Um, she's awesome. And you just never know what this show's going to do. And it has, you know, we talked about the Umbrella Academy being odd. Well, to me, <laughs> Doom Patrol is just you is just bizarre and weird in the best kind of way. And uh I, I don't see how they're going to let this continue, uh, but uh, I, I, I'm enjoying it while it lasts. Let's put it. Well, they have monster butts, you know. Of course, they can't let it continue. Oh man, <laughs> the, we are we are in the we are experiencing the butt apocalypse this year. That's for sure. Um, all right. So uh, next up, nine uh, Star Wars Andor. Um, I think this was a breakthrough series for the Star Wars franchise. This was a finally a show, like definitely a show. For adults, for more mature Star Wars uh, fans uh, in a Star Wars setting, has some really rich characters, some really gray areas, 
that Star Trek, uh, that Star Wars usually doesn't deal with uh, very well sometimes. Um, and, uh, it, you know, it starts off slow. It's a slow burn. But, you know, it starts off uh, with a, with the main character murdering somebody. And you're like, oh, this series is okay. It's not your traditional Star Wars. But yet you care. It's got really thrilling moments in it. And, uh, you know, you get to see stormtroopers get shot. So, I mean, it's a, it's a win-win. Um, next up is Interview with the Vampire uh, on AMC. Amazing adaptation of one of my favorite books, one of my favorite stories. Uh, this is going to be really interesting to see how it, uh, how it continues, uh, especially in the next season. But I thought the tone was right. Uh, and everything about the show worked for me. Uh, even though they changed quite a few things, everything still worked. The core of the story, the core of the characters was still present. And I thought that was, that really worked really well. Um, number, I think seven we're on, uh, Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. It's finally glad this show finally came back. This is the best season since the first season. Um, and what it did for Kate Bush, I can't help but love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it made me care about the characters. The threat was real. It had so many cool moments and it turned out to be one of the highest, like the most popular cosplays at Dragon Con. Like it just like excelled in all levels. Mm-hmm. Um, next up is, uh, Star Wars Strange New World, uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Uh, Star Wars Strange New Worlds, really? Yeah, I know, right? I, I, know. I missed one. That's, what? A, that's, that's a new one, right? Um, Strange New Worlds, I had been, and I've been, you know, not too quiet about this, uh, but not too loud about it. But I've been kind of not getting into Star Trek over the last, I don't know, it feels like decade now. Um, but this show really, really brought me back into it. I love the idea of the Enterprise being the center of the show. I love the idea of exploration and seeking out strange new worlds and and seeking new life and having experiences like that. And the core cast is great. There's some folks that I think it's got a little too much Spock sex in it, but overall it's amazing. Um, Next up is a series on HBO that, man, it might count as a documentary, but I'm going to put it in here because there's more than one episode. And it's George Carlin's American Dream. That was so Uh, awesome. It was so awesome. It's a great, great um, overview of the career of a, he wasn't just a comedian. He was like our generation's Mark Twain. He was a like social he, commentary. Exactly. Um, the the things that he pointed out were things that were nece- like, and to watch his journey through that, because he just started off as a traditional kind of guy with him wearing a suit and everything. And he became one of the most uh, controversial figures in in comedy as well as just in pop culture and everything that he went through and all of that um it's a great documentary of a great man well it was cool because it it showed how he kept on reinventing himself over yes. and over and over again and it just showed his brilliance and, absolutely you know so i agree completely with that one yeah yeah uh it's the best documentary that I think I've seen uh, at least as a series uh, on, on this year, 2022. Uh, so we get to my top, what do we got Four now? Um, Wednesday is in fourth place uh, for all the reasons you said, but as good as Jenna is, and she's amazing. 
It doesn't work unless the story is good. It doesn't look work unless I'm compelled and the mystery is like intriguing and the tone is there. Tim Burton sets the tone. The two guys, uh, the two creators from Smallville set the story and the characters and it just works. It's just a thing of beauty. So um, it's better than it has any right to be, really. Um, and again, it has an iconic dance scene that is going mm-hmm. to live in infamy, right? Like, it's just amazing. Number three is Only Murders in the Building. Uh, a lot of people said it dropped the quality second season, but I think it is just as strong. Um, sometimes I didn't know where it was going, but that was a good thing. I love the three leads. And uh, it, to me, it's just, it's one of the the, the most well-written shows on tv and speaking of that uh number my number two is better call saul uh how this show has never gotten an emmy award for acting writing whatever i don't understand uh i prefer this show as mike kind of hinted uh but this season but i prefer as a whole i prefer this show over breaking bad and i didn't hate breaking bad i love breaking bad breaking bad's mm-hmm. a brilliant show but Better Call Saul, and you're right, Mike, they nailed the ending. It's so well done that it just bookends the show, and you have no qualms about telling people from start to finish, this show is solid. Um, so I definitely think they ended it well. But my number one, I have to agree with my co-host, The Sandman. My, the Sandman is uh, this show couldn't have been done nobody thought this show could be done nobody thought this show could be faithfully adapted in a live action setting and yet what we got was so amazing and so like the comics and so much more in a lot of ways uh it took chances that a lot of shows don't do it depicted a different it's just totally new it's totally different than anything else that's on tv so i didn't know how they were going to be able to pull it off and yet they did and if this show, I think, is still in flux, we don't know if they're going to get a second season. They've, so announced, if they've this... announced the second season. Did they? Oh, yes. thank God. Because okay. this show <laughs> is uh, absolutely amazing. And it's a credit to everybody involved, Neil and everybody, that uh, this show is as good as it is. Because mm-hmm. it it shouldn't be this. Like, nobody thought doing this show was possible. And here we have this show now to prove that anything is possible. So, um, so yeah, that's my lot. So much. There was so many series that you guys saw that, uh, and so many that I didn't mention, but it's just such, I'm still behind. I've still got stuff to binge, like on my DVR and on streaming and everything bookmarked and everything. So who knows? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, when, you know, in a few months from now, when I get like sort of caught up on some stuff, like you're never going to get caught up. That's the thing. <laughs> you're never going to get caught up. That's the problem. You're probably right. You're probably right. So, so and, that's that's our lists. And we will actually have our lists up in the show notes so people can, you know, see them and everything. And you know, we might even expand the list. Maybe do our top fifteen. You know, maybe throw it in there a little <laughs> bit just just to give you some reason to go check out the show notes. So definitely, I, I I think we've given a lot of people who are watching us and are listening to us things to hopefully check out because we love them so much 
but also probably things that they're like, no way, this is better. You should watch this. Oh yeah. And I look forward to people telling us what we should be watching and what we missed. Oh, very much so. And, you know, there's certain things, you know, none of us mentioned, what was it? Yellowstone. A lot of people are watching or, mm. you know, some of the other shows that are out there. What, Harrison White, Ford on TV. White Lotus. You know, there's so yeah, much other stuff and everything. So, yeah. So there's tons and tons of stuff. So definitely let's uh, take a quick break, but we will be back and we're going to close up the show and this was a good one, folks. This was a lot of fun. You know, definitely want to hear about your lists, too. So definitely write us and, you know, say we're right, wrong, whatever. So let's take a quick break. <laughs> Welcome to A Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela. And this week, this geek girl is talking about Black Adam. So I miss seeing Black Adam in the theaters. And it finally landed on HBO Max, so my father and I sat down and watched it while I was home for the holidays, and I enjoyed this film. I had heard so many mixed reviews, though, on it, and I wasn't sure what I was going to get when I sat down to watch it. I was, however, excited for it since I knew that there were JSA members in it along with Black Adam. And I was really, really excited about Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate. Like, when this casting came out, I was pumped, and he did not disappoint. Overall, the story was okay. I enjoyed the movie. Was it the best comic movie I've ever seen? Absolutely not, but it wasn't a bad one in my opinion. I enjoyed the story, the characters, and all the awesome superheroes and fight scenes. It was a comic movie for sure, and it wasn't trying to be anything else, which is why I liked it. I enjoyed the JS members they used, and Aldous Hodge as Hawkman was wonderful. I already love him in Leverage, so it was nice getting to see him in a bit more of a serious role. I also enjoyed The Rock's portrayal of Black Adam. He was scary and very much not a hero. And that scene after the credits? I am so sad we may never see more of these characters with the restructuring of DC, but I really hope we get to keep some of the castings if they use them later on, because I really did love the casting choices in this film for the superhero roles. I also liked the choice to stop in on some of the heroes when they were fighting. It gave it very much a comic panel or a hollow action card look, and it gave the film a really unique feel to me. I went into Black Adam the same way I go into every comic book movie, wanting a fun story with superheroes and action, and Black Adam gave that to me. I never expect comic movies to give me a cinematic masterpiece. I want to be thrown into the same world that I am when I read comics, and this did it for me. Thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out. What will you do when your child asks? What were Saturday morning cartoons? What were Saturday morning cartoons? What's wrong with you? Or will you handle it the right way? Sit down, baby girl. Let me introduce you to my friend, Mark McRae. Join Dan Clink and I on the Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast as we take a unique behind-the-scenes look at the history and dynamics of animation with plenty of laughs along the way. The Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast is a proud member of the ESO Network. So that's going to wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. Let's thank Ashley for sitting in with us to go over her top 10 lists. We do oh, thank appreciate you. It. 
I love top tens. I love lists. So it's always fun to put them together and then talk about them with other people and see how they compare and contrast. I had like 10 versions of this list because it just kept on going <laughs> and or anything. Anything you want to shout out about real quick? Yeah, I would just encourage people as we're in a new year, just like keep an open mind and try something a little bit outside your cinematic or TV comfort zone. There were a lot of stuff on my list that I wasn't initially interested in, and then they became one of my favorites for the year. So just make an effort to try something a little bit different. And even if you don't end up loving it, it, it can still be worthwhile to help you grow as a consumer of media and storytelling. So sure. that would just be my shout out. Just challenge your pick something this year that's a little bit out, off the beaten path. I like that. I like that a lot. Mr. Mike, we've made it through another one, my friend. We did, and as always, it's my pleasure. And we made it into a new year, which is pretty amazing. I don't know. I don't I don't know how we do it. I don't either. It just keeps on going. <laughs> it keeps on going. Anything you want to shout out about, sir? I do. It's kind of one of my honorable mentions. It's a documentary that I saw that, man, I wanted to put it on my list so much, but I just didn't. I couldn't have room. But it's a documentary you know, all of us have Disney that I have Disney Plus. Love the Star Wars side. We love the Marvel side. We even love the Disney side, the Pixar side. I don't know how many of us actually click on the National Geographic side, mm -hmm. but damn, there's some good stuff there. Mm -hmm. And one of the documentaries that was released this year was called Fire of Love. And oh, it's about I saw these, a trailer. It's two volcanologists that were real life volcanologists in the late 60s, 70s, 80s. Um, and they just loved. Uh, exploring and checking out active volcanoes and they filmed everything so there's these amazing visual shots of volcanoes erupting different kinds of volcanoes um very dangerous and yet uh a spectacular looking um and it's kind of a sad tale because spoiler uh, they've died uh, exploring uh, uh, a an active volcano um, but uh, you know what? They died doing what they love, and it's a great testament to that. What they did, I think, will will stand the test of time. And it's a it's a, it, it, it's two people I didn't know about, but now I I won't I don't think I'll ever forget them because what they did was amazing. That's pretty awesome. That is, it's supposed to be a great story, and there's a lot of cool stuff on National Geographic up there, and so many people don't click on it. <laughs> I know. And it's like, there's so much content up on the Disney Plus. It's just amazing and everything. So it's interesting, though, because, you know, tie into mine. Just folks, we're coming into a new year. It's 2023. And like both Ashley and Mike said, you know, check out new things. There's so much to mm -hmm. check out up there. You know, we made our top 10 list earlier tonight. But you know what? We couldn't even scratch the surface of what's out there and there's only so many hours in a day now for content and we used to you know joke when we were kids we only had like four or five channels you know what <laughs> would, you know what would little us say yeah, you like, know with seeing all blown. their minds would be blown and everything and you know we thought we had the world with cartoons in the afternoon when we got home school or we had you know saturday morning stuff being up mm -hmm. at 6 a.m to watch start watching cartoons all the way through and you know trying to explain to my son you know that there was an indian head on your tv from like 1 a.m till 
five thirty, six o'clock in the morning. And when TV shows, TV stations went off the air, they actually played the national anthem and shot fireworks off and stuff, you know? So, you know, just 2023 is going to be big folks. It's hopefully it's going to be positive and good for all of us. And let's jump into this new year with some great hope and some great aspirations for us all. I think it's going to be a big year of change, which is going to be awesome. So definitely pretty interested in that. Speaking of that, we're going to be back again next year. Not not next year. We're going to be back again next. <laughs> we're going to be back again next week. And we are going to be back in our next episode. And we are going to be putting 2022 into the geek seat. We're not done with that year yet. This is the ringer, folks. This is the big one. This is when we get, you know, all our, you know, oomph out about, you know, 2022. So it should be a ton of fun. And you know what? It's going to be great for us to be able to do that and talk all about, you know, what we loved, what we didn't love, you know, and what disappointed us and what made us go, wow. And, you know, not just egg on our face, but made us go, wow. So it's pretty darn cool. So as I always like to say, you know, it's always great to talk to everyone. And we definitely would love to hear from you guys. Please, as always, write us back. And you know what? We definitely would love to hear from you at feedback at earthstation1.com. You know, thank you. If you get a chance, please click on the subscribe button on YouTube or tell on your wherever you're listening to it. Subscribe to our show. Our, we're getting better numbers. We really are. But we want to get even better. We want to get bigger and get advertisers and all that kind of stuff. So this is what it's all about, folks. The thumbs up on on YouTube, the subscribe, the likes, or on your internet player, on Apple, on Google, on Amazon, wherever you listen, Stitcher, Spotify, blah, 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 as I always like to say. It's always great to do that. And you know what? As always, thanks for listening to the Earth Station One podcast. We couldn't do this without you folks. We want to hear from you. You know, like we always say, please write us at feedback at earthstation1.com. Remember, Earth Station One now can be found wherever fine podcasts are found. And you know what? You could also find us in video format up on YouTube. Please subscribe and tell all your friends about us. On behalf of myself, Mike Faber, Mr. Mike Gordon, Ms. Ashley Pauls, and of course, all of you. Thanks for listening. We will see you next year. We will see you here next time on Earth Station One. Stay safe, hug your loved ones, and we'll see you soon. Peace. Hope you had a great New Year's, folks. Cheers. Peace. And we are done. Boom. You've been listening to the Earth Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Earth Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our T Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon 
or by shopping at the Tea Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.